Wow. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody around the world. Uh, I am your host for Coach's Corner Conversations for Emerging Leaders. My name is Joshua Miller, executive coach and author, and I am really, really excited to be with everybody here um, as we're starting to kind of round out the end of the year. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to be talking about making um, resolutions, right? And so if you think that today's episode is actually about uh, resolutions, you're wrong. It's not. Um, but it is about something that I think a lot of people from the feedback that I've gotten this past week are really going to gravitate towards, which is self-help as a concept, right, as an industry, and why it actually isn't always uh, helpful. And so um, <clears throat> I think I took a lot of people by surprise when I said who my guest was going to be this week. And uh, a lot of people thought, oh, well, you're going to have somebody about personal branding. So this is going to be about a branding episode. Um, it's not necessarily going to be about branding. We may talk about that in the construct of you as a person, but we're really going to talk about self-help and uh, why it works, why it doesn't. So um, I am really, really excited because I get the distinct pleasure of uh, bringing on a dear friend of mine, um, somebody who um, has... I, I has opened up my eyes to a lot of things as it relates to um, yourself and your brand and what it means to really show up and um, put your best face forward, so to speak. So um, without further ado, I want to bring on um, a very special guest. And so those of you that uh, know Mary, um, and I think some of you do, um, <clears throat> Mary is a personal branding specialist. Um, she is someone who has done um, an incredible amount of work for companies all over the world. And um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, she is one of the best people uh, in the business. And uh, I am so excited to have her on the show and to also call her a friend. Um, Mary, we are live. Good morning. I should say good morning because a lot of people don't realize in Australia right now, it is what time is it? Uh, 2.30, 2.30 in the morning. There you 2, go. 2.30 in the morning. Then that, that is commitment right there. So commitment right um, there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, my friend, for being here. I, I, you know, as I was saying before, I think a lot of people were, <laughs> I think a lot of people were like wondering, oh, so this is going to be an episode about branding. <laughs> and I was telling people kind of offline, no, um, yes. not, not in the conventional sense, actually. What we're, we're going to talk about today is really about some of the pitfalls around self-help. A lot of people, um, I don't know, and you will find out more about Mary, that she is a, a huge practitioner of uh, learning and development around self. And as I've gotten to know you and work with you, I've realized that um, your, your knowledge and, and uh, depth of knowledge is, is quite extensive, um, which is why I think it's perfect for us to have just a truly unscripted conversation about self-help and why it isn't always helpful. Um, before we just jump into a myriad of things, and, and what a lot of people don't realize is we just had this in-depth conversation for about 30 minutes offline, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is if you're listening in, I would love for you to hashtag self-help, one word, hashtag self-help. If self-help is something that you're either interested in, you're committed to, or you're curious about, then hashtag self-help because um, we would love to know the people listening out there, what your thoughts are. And the other thing is if you've got questions for myself or Mary, and that could be about self-help, it could be about personal branding, um, by all means, drop them in the comments and uh, I'm looking at them now and we will get to all of them. So um, 
Where do we begin, Mary? That's the real question. I'm not sure, Josh. I think that, um, I don't know, well, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just, you know, ask the question, well, what is self-help? Like, what is it supposed to mean? You know, yeah. even those words, self-help, I just, you know, have a real issue with those. And, and you know what? I would never have had an issue with self-help yeah. had I not gone down the trajectory that I went through, you know, and, we, and you have gone through. Yeah. We would just be like going down this pathway of, you know, reading an Eckhart Tolle book and suddenly, you know, um, you know, we've, we're, we're helping ourselves supposedly. But actually, you know, it's what I have found, you know, is that and maybe we can start from, you know, reverse engineer sure. what we can realize and then you know what what actually had to happen and what what i came to realize and i don't know if this is the same for you yeah. is that self-help actually held me plagued for many many years yeah. it actually got me stuck on the starting line year after year month after month and it just kept on going on and on it was like you're on this hamster wheel and you could never get off it because one self-help leads to another two to another four ten twenty i've yeah. got a thousand on my uh, on my shelf with <laughs> collecting dust yeah but that's you know you're actually not helping yourself i think that it's actually quite toxic quite frankly i i think you're right i think self-help is kind of it has turned into a hamster wheel of marketing yeah. right yeah um i think you know when i wrote my book people wanted to um they wanted to label it as a self-help book and i kept yes. saying it's not that and they said so yes. what is it what is it because everyone's got to label something and I resisted that with all of my might. And then finally, I said, it's not about self-help. It's about self-respect. And people Absolutely. just in the room, I just remember the, this office were like, what does that mean? And I said, I don't believe in self-help. I believe you need to help yourself. And how you do that is learn to respect yourself more. So what does that mean? Let's unpack it. It means that you've got to do the work. Okay. Absolutely. I, I've been saying this for years. You cannot... You cannot shortchange your own personal growth and development. Everybody tries it every day and they go to, they spend thousands of dollars on these webinars, these seminars, these TED talks, these books. Um, they get this transformational um, addiction, this, this hit that doesn't last. It's not anchored. And the reason is, is because they haven't actually done the work. And something that you said offline before, which I thought was incredibly powerful, is that you actually have to strip away all the stuff and we can't curse on this show, right? But you have to strip away all the stuff so that you can really be with yourself. And that as a concept, I think some people intellectually get, I think in the heart, when you talk about being with self, most people are challenged with that. Most people cannot yeah. do that for an X amount of time. What do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. And, and I do want to add something else to that, which I yeah. think is really vital. You know, when we are reading books like, you know, um, Eat, Pray, Love, people yeah. think that, oh, I have to go out and actually do all of that to find myself. And, you know, and I think that even those type of books are quite dangerous. And the key is, no, you don't have to actually leave the comfort of your own home no. to do the eat love thing you don't even have to go and live in an ashram for 12 months although i would love to do that it's just not <laughs> in yeah. society it just it's too hard like we have to work we've got children we've got you know careers blah 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 the key is, is how do we actually bring the ashram into my home how yeah. do i bring it 
inside my home as in like me in here and how do I actually live in this environment and and be able to step inside and I think that the, that what we have to realize about helping ourselves is actually that it's to help yourself is start it's an inside job it's not going and buying a book or no. leaving your country or your home or no. you know living it's not, none of that no. it's not necessary to do that it, it's not yet we're conditioned to believe that yeah. <clears throat> the trends right it's all marketing the, the trends tell us that if you do this cleanse or take this this new exercise fad or buy a peloton bike or whatever it is right you're going to transform yourself well you will transform an aspect of yourself an aspect a small aspect but i think what what we're talking about is is true transformation right true transformational change that takes place at a cellular level right you've got to strip away all of the narratives all of the conversations all of the the negative uh, loops that you've got going on in the background you're not even aware of to get to this place. And, and one of the things that we talked about before is that, um, you know, uh, one of the most powerful, and I've said this before, and, and it's the truth, outside of my own coach, um, working with Dov Baron, for those of you that don't yeah. know, um, I work yeah. with him as, as my coach. And one of the things that he is, he is gr an amazing uh, practitioner of is channeling people to really get to the to the to the to the core of what it is that's that's what's there for you and when you kind of hit the bottom in that conversation there's this point at which it's almost like the clock starts and you're testing to see how much you can be with and that's a concept that i talk a lot about being with being with whatever right because the amount of time that you can be with yourself is directly related to how much time that you can intimately be with somebody else. So if you can't stand to look in the mirror, and believe it or not, there are people that literally will not look in the mirror. They don't like the way they look. And so how do you think that shows up for people, right? If you can't stand to be with yourself or you can only love yourself to a certain degree, that's proportional to how much you can love other people. And I think when we talk about self-help, if people are looking for like, why should I care to this conversation? Or what does Mary and Josh have to say? Well, just think about some relationship, a human relationship that's important to you in your life. How badly do you want that to succeed? Because if you truly want it to succeed, you're going to have to do the work and figure out what's blocking you so that you can be with other people. What are your thoughts? You're absolutely Well, I just want to also, I just want to yeah. just first a little bit when you mentioned, you know, actually uh, being able to look at yourself. Now, that is that for me was a very poignant moment. In fact, I would say that that was actually what set me off on the my trajectory of yeah. actually stepping inside of the inside. And I remember, Josh, and I, this was just, this is such a vivid memory for me because it was the turning point when um, I remember sitting in front of my mirror yeah. and I just came out of the shower, my hair was wet, and I sat in front of the mirror and I thought, I just want to stare at myself in the mirror and stare <clears throat> into my eyes because I'd never done that before. Yeah. And when I did that, I was so frightened of what I was seeing. It wasn't physically me. That, forget the physical. It was the fact that I was frightened of actually looking into yeah. my eyes. 
And I did this exercise maybe, I don't know, two and a half, three hours. It was a long, long time. Yeah. And it was so emotional, but it was almost, it was cathartic emotional. It was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is the first time I've ever actually spent time with myself, like <clears throat> quite literally. Yeah. And, um, and that was, that for me was that poignant moment where I thought, I've got work to do. Like, I, if I can't actually do it myself, I've yeah. got work to do. So when I started on my coaching journey uh, back in 1999, 2000, I did this. Um, it was it was a, a seminar. And one of the exercises that we needed to do was about creating uh, intimacy and being with yourself. And there was about, <clears throat> excuse me, about 100 150 people in the in the seminar. So 75 people and 75 people lined up face to face about two inches apart from each other in no particular staggering order or height. Right. And you had to stand two inches away from that person and make eye contact for at least I think it was a minute and a half to two minutes. Now, people listening may think that's easy. I could do that. Um, I would challenge that. I would challenge anyone who thinks that they could sit there and actually do it and not start squirming or or sweating or getting self-conscious. I remember I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I thought I was going to actually have a a, a nervous breakdown. The level of intimacy was so was so palpable. I I could not be with that. And um, and so you had to do it 75 times. You had to go one minute, then one minute and move over and over and over. And but what came out of that was a confidence, was a sense yeah. of, oh, wow, there's something more in me that I need to a unearth and b tap into. And I think at the heart of what self-help is, it's it's just stripping away things each and every day because there's something to discover. Right. I mean, it truly is. And I, and I, you know, all the quotes that I'm I'm known for and a lot of the memes and, and all the things that are out there. If you if you truly let things sit, sink in, read it a few times, there sometimes, not always, oftentimes there's a deeper meaning, right? I mean, I know with my work, I'm trying to get people to think differently, look at things differently, right? So this morning, I wrote something called attraction. And the fact that the last six letters in the word of attraction is action, that's not an yeah. accident. Now, I, some people said, oh, well, you're talking about the law of attraction and the secret. And I said, well, in the sense that people went out, bought the book, The Secret, thought this was the best thing in the world. I'm going to make a vision board and I'm going to stick it under my pillow. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be a millionaire and happy and thin and rich and whatever. And all these people realized, well, that's that's actually not going to happen. So what they do, they joined a secret uh, Facebook group or The Secret, whatever, and I get it. it. It's promotion. It's marketing. I understand what they were doing. I'm not knocking it. I have the copy of the book. But at the end of the day, what are we really talking about? It's action. You can sit and think and pontificate. You can blog, vlog, tweet. It doesn't change. It's not transformation. You've got to do the work. So. Yeah. And, I, and, 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 and not only are you doing the work, but what actually happens is that, you know, you start to – I think for me anyway, the most important aspect of uh, stepping out of self-help and stepping into yourself yeah. is that you 
start to challenge paradigms and you know forget I mean obviously belief systems are a part of paradigms but when you start to challenge the narrative that you have been carrying from the age of zero sure. um, right up until the point when you come to a realization you think you know I actually have to do some serious inner work when you start challenging those paradigms um, you're starting to see the world with very very through very different eyes yeah and think that that is where the power lies Josh because it's only in that moment that you can give those paradigms a whole new meaning yeah. um, you know for a lot of us that are uh, brought up in uh, traditions that have been that are thousands and thousands and thousands or millions of generations um, you know those traditions at some point need to be broken because they don't work in today's society no that's just common sense right it is but what do is we hold on to these paradigms until we're 70 and then we go holy shit I didn't actually achieve all the things that I wanted to achieve I should have I should not have listened to you know Tom Dick and Harry I should have done this I should have could have would have yeah. but the reality is the only reason why we say that is because we're stuck in this time warp and we can read a thousand self-help books but the self-help books aren't actually assisting us no. to dig really, really deep and give these paradigms a new meaning. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, short of having the author who wrote the book hold your hand and literally walk you through exercises and, and therapeutic exercises at that, <clears throat> it all still comes back down onto you. You have Absolutely. an obligation. Well, you have an opportunity. I'm not going to say an obligation. You have an opportunity to either be the best version of yourself or to kind of just get by, right? I mean, like there, some people are happy just getting by. That's fine. I'm not casting judgment. I know you're not. But the reason we're talking about why self-help isn't so helpful is I think people look at it. I mean, there's a, you know, you go into bookstores. It used to say self-help. Some bookstores now call it personal development, which I think is a, is a nice change because the, the yeah. context of self-help, I mean, there's there's a stigma that like, oh, you need help or excuse me, you need therapy or, you know, there's something broken or wrong that needs to be fixed. Nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. We all have flaws. The difference is some of us own them. Some of us recognize them and others don't. But that difference between the people that do and don't is because they're working on themselves. And I think if you strip away the concept of self, I mean, it is just about do you have a desire to be a better version that you were a better version of yourself than you were yesterday? And I don't think that's too lofty of a question to ask. And I also think we have to remember not to criticize people who say, hey, you know what? That's just not for me. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. OK, that's fine. I, you know, I actually love what you just said, because I, you know, am always criticized about uh, not actually, uh, you know, just opening myself up to anyone and everyone. And I think that when you get to a point in your life where you have actually uh, invested time and effort, even money in yeah. people, you know, in mentoring and, you know, a different type of coaching, you know, because yeah. when what we're talking that is not, you know, uh, as you say, law of attraction coaching. This is like deep stuff. You know, mm. my mentor that took me on this process was a professor in philosophy. I mean, completely right. less. 
um, right, and who was a leading rabbi in Kabbalistic biblical studies. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted the ancient wisdom. I wanted to go all the way right. back and understand what am I missing here? What is it that I'm missing here? Right. Um, and I think that what we've got to do is that just tr just understand that when you go through that level of uh, training and unlearning, what happens is that, and because you now see the uh, the world with different eyes, you also have a tolerance of what comes in and what goes out. Right. And I think that this is a very uh, this is a vast distinction that I see in a lot of people that have done <laughs> this type of work. Yeah. The ones that are doing the self-help books are the ones that are putting their hands up and saying, but I'm so spiritual. I'm yeah. so spiritual. Yeah. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. You know, like I just can't, I can't tolerate that. And the reason why I can't tolerate it is because, well, spiritual, we are all spirit, True. you, all. Yeah. Break the word down. Yeah. Spirit, you, all. Spiritual means that we're all, we all have I the right. Exclusive, right? Yeah. So the thing is that we should, we should make it a mandate to actually allow what we want in and what we don't want in. I think that's very healthy. No, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that people oftentimes forget that they control. And I, mm -hmm. I actually don't use the word control at all. I very rarely use it. I, use, I like to use the word influence. But this is something they could control what comes in to their world and, and energetically, spiritually, so on and so forth. You said something um, that I think is really powerful, which is unlearn. Just to go yes. back to our, our conversation earlier, yeah. I think we have, um, we've, we talked about this before, we live in a world now where we rarely, we rarely describe what we're feeling, right? We just label things, right? I feel this, I feel that. And even worse, we don't even use words, we use emojis. We yes. memes and we have become a society where I don't think we're communicating as effective as we can across the board, all ages. And so it's dumbing down our ability to express ourselves. And that yes. concerns me. It really concerns me because if the new norm is just throwing up an emoji for how you feel, um, then then we're not learning the language of self-expression. And I think right. it's, it's really, really important. Um, Brian Remo wrote something here, which I think is great. He said, doing something different is not the same as becoming someone different. And it's really yeah. true. I think a lot of yeah. people will say, hey, you know what? I, I, I cut out sugar. I'm not drinking coffee. Um, I, you know, I, I, I do go to spin class and I, I read this book and I go to this workshop. <clears throat> okay, that's great. That is great. Don't get me wrong. We're not taking anything away from that. But I would ask every one of those people that cite that as the transformation, what a what do you what is the end game here? What, why are you doing this? What are you hoping to get? And how will you know when you achieve it? Those three questions right there are often not asked when we step into the, the next self-help book. Right. Now, let's be clear. <clears throat> Sometimes people buy books because they just want to be entertained. They want to be taken away. They want they want their thought process to go off and maybe learn something. Um, Learning is not the same as applying. And no. we're talking about application of self. Absolutely. That, there's no shortcuts for that. I know. No. I tried. I tried my whole life. Before, <clears throat> before I got into coaching, I thought I was just a master manipulator of shortcuts. <laughs> 
I really did. I thought I I thought I knew everything. <clears throat> I thought I knew how to navigate everything. And I I fell pretty hard on my face, no pun intended, but like really got like my lesson learned that you yeah. cannot shortchange self-development, you know, personal Absolutely. growth. If you really, really want to 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 uh, uh, abide by things that you write online or, <clears throat> you know, quotes that you use or say or articles that you write, then I invite and even challenge everybody who puts their their words out there to follow with their heart and do the work, do the things that you say, because, you know, it's not easy, but it's, I think there's more integrity if you're going to go out there and influence people around self-help that at least you're doing the work yourself. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but at least do the work yourself. I think it's fraudulent when you have people pushing or practitioners pushing self-help stuff, right? Whatever that looks like. And they're not working on themselves. And I'll let me and let me be clear. And I've said this before to you. I've been working with a coach for 20 years now. The only difference between me and my clients is that I've been working on myself longer. I'm not better. There's that's the only difference is that I know where my blind spots are. I, I know when I'm acting up and coming from a place exactly. of disempowerment. That's the work. Right. So that I can show up and be vulnerable and intimate with my clients, my kids, my, my wife and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. I wish people hearing this will really listen and say, hey, look, if you're promoting or perpetrating something online and it's what you believe, then I hope I really hope that you're also living it or trying to live out what you say. I think there's an ethical responsibility nowadays that if you're going to, you know, tell people to go climb a mountain, at least you've tried it yourself. I mean, I, I don't know. No, no, no. I am 100% on that page. And I just want to add a word yeah. I think is vital what in, in, in what we're talking about. And the word that I use is radical. Okay. You know, you've got to go for, well, this is my experience, is that I took radical action. You forget the books. Yeah. You've got to actually find another pathway beyond the books, way beyond the books. And my pathway was radical, you know, and I had three mentors in that, in that, in my, uh, during my experience. So the first thing that I did was find a mentor who can hold my hand and explain to me who the hell am I? That was yeah. my starting point. That was really vital for me, which is when I got my mentor who was a professor in philosophy from Oxford Uni. I also got myself another mentor. This is all in parallel at the same time, yeah. who was an expert in the emotional body because yeah. I knew that I was not managing my emotions the way that normal people do. Yeah. And the third was understanding um, I did a I I what I decided to do was enroll myself at quantum university for a quantum medicine 12 month course because wow. I wanted to understand uh, the quantum the quantum body and quantum yeah. medicine and how that what does that mean what does this what does the subjective body mean I don't know what that means yeah. you know and so these three things were parallel but I think the most radical thing I did, I did two radical things when I made the decision to ask myself, who the hell am I? The first thing I did is that I resigned from my own company. I built my own company to a seven figure per year business, which I had for seven years. And I had to own up yeah. and actually look at myself in the mirror and say, I don't like doing this 
job. I bought myself a job because I wanted that acknowledgement from my mum and dad at a subconscious level. But I had to own up to this, Josh. I had to actually say, I'm actually looking for my mum to actually tap me on the shoulder (laughs) and say, I'm so proud of you, Mary, even though you didn't finish your degree. I mean, how crazy is that? That's the first thing. And the second thing I had to give up was actually the material world. So I made a decision to shut the doors to the outside world for 12 months, leave my friends, leave credit cards. This is how radical I knew I had to go. Close the door. I had two babies at the time and I wanted to find myself. This was a 12-month full time. I'm talking eight hours a day of looking for answers, challenging paradigm. So it was this radical for me to come through the other end and go, oh, my God, now I see the world with completely different eyes. That's what I'm talking about here. Wow. So, okay, there's a lot of things there. I I think um, for people listening, right, it doesn't have to be radical, but, 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 or and, there will be some sort of seismic shift, right? Something yes. will ha- you will have to give up something in service of something better. That, 100%. That, that that's just kind of the law of, of, of how the world works. But when you talk about um, <clears throat> when you talk about radical and you talk about those defining moments, you know, I think about my journey to where I am today. And I started off in advertising uh, because I was a creative kid and that's what I did. And my parents kind of nurtured it. And I, on paper, had a well six figure paying job high VP status and a creative director, blah, 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 in New York City. On paper, I mean, it looked like this is great. I was so miserable. And I've talked about this before and, yeah. and I'm, you know, I won't go on about it. But um, I, literally, I literally had to fall on my face um, <laughs> and fall into, yeah, bless you, to fall into coaching. That was pretty radical, right? The moment that that happened and that a stranger out of 8 million people came to me and said, hey, you know, do you need help? Normally I would have said, leave me alone. I said, yes, I do. You know, like to me, that was the radical moment. Um, going into my office and, and to going into the HR department and saying, I re- I'm resigning when they, they laughed and they thought I was kidding. And I took a risk on building my coaching practice after uh, a year and a half of starting and said, I'm going to leave the world of, of the creative world behind and start, start this journey. And, you know, I think something you said about, you know, your path and the things you've exposed yourself to along my way over the last 20 years, I've done therapy. I've done NLP training. I mean, I sat in a sweat lodge for seven hours. I've tried so many different things. And for people listening, I I encourage you, I invite you to explore, try everything, try branding, try coaching, try therapy, try an excursion, try whatever it is you, whatever it is you feel you need to do to find yourself. You know, is as existential as it sounds, it really is true. I mean, again, but what Mary, you said before, I think is critical. You don't have to go on these elaborate, like, you know, climb Machu Picchu and all this other stuff. You could just practice sitting in silence for a while and see what comes up in journal about it. That may be the most defining thing you do in your life. Um, so I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent because you talked about radical and I think it's such a powerful word. Right. We do need to shift things up. We live inside of this little bubble. And most of the time or oftentimes we surround ourselves by people that fit into that bubble and we don't yeah. want anybody poking it. Right. No, but, we want to be in the comfort zone. 
Well, yeah, I mean, we talk about the comfort zone and we all know that there's no real growth happening there, right? And if you want to talk about growth mindset, then you're going to have to start doing things to expand your mindset and and really expand how you want to show up in the world. I think one thing I want to talk to you about real quick is from a branding standpoint, right? So you work with Fortune 100 companies all across the world around brand and specifically around helping coaches and consultants and emerging leaders define who they are in this world and not really, not so they're relevant, but really just kind of revolutionary. How did self-help guide you in how you work your magic with your clients? Because I know there are people out there listening that may be saying, okay, well, she's a brand. They may just be tuning in, by the way, and they say, hey, well, she's a branding specialist. Why is she talking about self-help? So I know you've talked about your journey, but I, I think it'd be great to talk about how you roll that into what you do uh, professionally as well. So when I took that 12-month sabbatical off and I was being mentored by all these amazing people, it was in that 12-month process that my uh, mentor uh, started, he started me on the journey of journaling, you know, and a very old Kabbalistic way of doing it. And he said, you know, what I want you to do from this moment onwards, I want you to go and buy a journal. I only want you to write with a lead pencil. And this is how it's going to play out. So what I did is that I had to start writing about myself starting at zero to 21. And he said, what I want you to experience now is called freehand writing. Again, very old Kabbalistic uh, uh, principles. These are ancient principles that the ancient Kabbalists were doing 10,000 years ago. And he said, this is what I need you to do. And I said, but I don't remember myself at the age of one or two. And he said, oh, no, you will remember. And I remember, you know, like putting so much logic into it, you know, and yeah. then sitting down and writing, what am I going to write, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like two weeks passed and he's like, how are you going? And I'm like, I haven't started. I don't know yeah. where to start. I don't know what to do. And he said, you're putting too much. It's You're thinking too linear. Then one day I sat down and I thought, I'm just going to, I give myself permission. I'm going to trust myself that I can do. And I started writing, Josh. I couldn't stop writing. But what I did with that information is that I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, and then I started to reread it and I thought, oh, I can actually see passions here. Like this is really, this is random. So, So now my analytical mind steps in and I'm curious. So I open up an Excel spreadsheet and I start dumping all this information into an Excel spreadsheet as best as I can. It was all like it just made no sense at first. But then I started to see things when I was happy. These, I was like this. When I was at my lowest, I was like this. And it was almost very similar, right? So then I thought, I wonder if I could actually group all of this into categories. You know, what were my feelings like? Uh, what What was I playing out? Oh, well, you know, I was doing this and I was happy doing this, which was my talent, my natural gift. Yep. Um, you know, my values, my passion, um, you know, my personality, all of these things I started to break down. And in that 12 months, that is when I actually designed my personal branding algorithm. Hmm. It's when I actually realized that I have this gift around personal branding that I just thought everyone can do what I do. I've been doing it since, you know, year 2000. Of course, everyone can do what I do. Yeah. And, um, and also, um, you know, as you know, I have a, a, a gift around 
uh, designing frameworks. And I, I could just see that I had this amazing solution to a complex problem in that yeah. 12 month period. So I got that information. I packaged it all. I really, really converted that data into the business I have today. Yeah. And so, so for me, personal branding, you know, really starts on the inside. It's an inside job first, yeah. then it's an outside job. And I think that a lot of people don't understand, you know, how vital that inner work is. When, when people work with me, it's not just about, <laughs> hey, how, how famous do you want to get, you know, and let's just talk about you showing up in the world and being vulnerable and telling your story. Right. That's not me. I'm way more considered. There's way more depth. It is strategic and deliberate because it matches who you are. Well, <clears throat> I can attest to this because I'm working with you and I, I've said this before and, and, and I don't I don't throw compliments out often, but you are a you truly are a creative genius. I, I say this with with the utmost respect, because um, the way in which you work with your clients, it is so multidimensional. Like I know, having now known you, how you pull from your spiritual, your energy, your yeah. uh, mathematics, your left and right side of your brain and <clears throat> take people on a journey. I mean, it is a very cathartic process working with you. And I, I would say that anyone who you don't have to be a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're out there and you're asking yourself, you know, maybe I'm not fitting right in where I need to be within my market, within my niche, within my industry, you should contact Mary and talk to her and see if she's a right fit for you. She may, she may not be, but I can tell you firsthand, um, I would not give my brand or my brand journey to just anyone. And um, and so there's something very special about what you do, Mary, and I've told you that before and I appreciate you. Um, you know, there's something I wanna talk about real quick and then I know we wrap up. Um, it's kind of the imposter syndrome. And, uh -huh. you know, you said something before <clears throat> about the work that you were doing and, and and some some of the things you uncovered. One of the biggest things in my self-help journey that I unearthed was I was doing this this webinar uh, seminar in live and they asked us this question. They said, you know, everyone has this unanswerable question. What's yours? And I just remember I had to sit with this for like two or three days or at least two days. <clears throat> and I kept saying, I don't know what my unanswerable question is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was freaking out. I was having a panic attack. And I went back to the to the seminar leader and I said, look, I I don't get this question. Just give me the answer. Just give it to me. Like, I don't get it. And she looked at me and she goes, what you're doing right now is your unanswerable question. And I said, well, what am I doing? She goes, you it, it's a combination of like, am I do I get it? I don't get it. Do I don't understand it. Am I going to get it right? It was like an amalgamation of this this thought yeah. logic that was just super disempowering. And it was in that moment I realized that <clears throat> we all have this conversation called, am I, did I get it right? Right. Uh, am I a fraud? Will they find yeah. out? How do I do yeah. it? It's a, it's, it's a variation of that. We all have this conversation. And I just want to share with people who are listening that if you recognize that you've got this conversation running in the background called like, I feel like a fraud or I'm scared. I don't want to raise my hand. I don't get it. Whatever. You are not alone. You, you are literally not alone. We all have the same talk track going. Some people are more aware of it and other people aren't. But I, that's the funny thing is we try to be so different from everybody else. And we're all on this journey. Um, yet there's so many defining things that keep us uh, together. Um, if we just take the time to actually 
look and talk and listen to people in a respectful way. You'd be amazed at how many other people are going through some sort of self-discovery process like you and myself and, and some of the other people who um, who are here. I just want to give a shout out. There's some people here, Joanna, um, who, who wrote in here, Eod, uh, Vicus, if I hope you got your name right, Marcel, um, thank you. It's a great collaboration. Um, Brian, he, he says that we have to deliberate, we have to be deliberate and unapologetic in our refusal to consider information that we intuitively know is nonsense. Well, Brian always, always has, has a way with words and he, and he's right. We have to, we have to own, and we talked about this before, what we allow in, right? Thoughts, energy, people, all that stuff. I think it's really, really important. Uh, Patricia, um, Hamanshu, um, Iyad again, um, just a ton of people that are, are chiming in from all over. Um, any last words, anything that you want to share with people around um, self-help, what, what they need to do, what they should remember uh, before we kind of <clears throat> sign off and, and say goodbye? Maybe I can just share, you know, what I do every day. That's just been my game changer. Yeah. And, and I think that this is, you know, it, as esoteric as this may sound, there's so much research around this to support what it is that I do. And, you know, I do have that scientific, as you know, Josh, sure. I'm always about research, 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 and I like things to be validated. Yeah. But there's two things that I do every day. The first thing is that I journal every day. Yeah. And I do still, till this day, use a lead pencil. <laughs> I only yeah. write in a lead pencil. Everything that I do is in a lead pencil. And what I do is... Um, I'll open up my journal and I'll always declare exactly how I'm feeling. And especially if there's something that's troubling me or bothering me or I can't, you know, dissolve something or something's just challenging me. So what I do is I'll open up my, my, my journal and I'll actually declare yeah. the truth. Yeah. This is how I'm feeling. Okay. Yeah. There's no bullshit. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So I'll, that's how I start journaling. And then from there, I then break it down. When was the first time I actually felt like this? And I try and go back into my timeline and actually see a scenario. Could have been when I was 5, 15, 20, I don't know. Sure. But something always shows up because I just want a reference point. And then I write, um, how do I want to feel? How do yeah. I actually want to feel? And then... It's always the, the polar opposite of what I just wrote. And then I write, when was the first time I felt like that? And those four aspects are so vital in my journaling because I start off feeling negative or uncertain and I end my journaling feeling really optimistic and I know that I have not just declared it, but it's almost like I've just had, well, I, not almost, I believe I'm having a conversation with my soul and yeah. I'm asking my soul to help me resolve the situation. At night before I go to bed, I always have a conversation with my heart and I'm really literally having a conversation. It yeah. could be around uncertainty. It could be just about being grateful. It could just be around just having a very open conversation like you and I having right now sure. because there's so much research around the heart and you know brain connection and yeah. it's actually that's there's a, actually an intelligent aspect of our being these are things that you know we will never find in self-help books like yeah. you've really got to go deep and understand the science behind what i'm talking about yeah and so 
The journaling, I think, is vital because if you can actually take away uh, just the um, the 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 pragmatic side of it, which is it's a book and a pen or a yeah. pencil, and actually see it from a com- with completely different eyes. And for me, it's literally having a conversation with my soul. The magic that happens yeah. after writing is I just can't even describe it because my prayers are always answered if you will the things that i'm struggling with i always get a solution within hours sometimes i think um i love what you just shared and and i've talked about this before i'm a big huge proponent of journaling i'm not going to get into go get a journal and write your diaries and this that and what you're grateful for and like whatever you just journal literally if you're out there just write find a pencil it usually looks exactly. like that yellow thing that's kind of wooden with a pink eraser. That's a pencil yeah. for people that may have forgotten. And, you know, <clears throat> journal, literally journal, J- get, because this goes back to what we talked about before around um, learning to express yourself. You know, you talk about what you do every day. I realized what I've, what I allow myself to do every day is be emotional. This is, Absolutely. this is my thing. Um, those who know me very well know that I am I'm sensitive. I'm caring. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Uh, it can be a fault, but for the most part, it's not. It's it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's who I am, and I own that. And um, it it doesn't take much for me to cry. Um, it's a very cathartic process. I I would I would invite maybe even challenge people. You know, when was the last time you cried? It doesn't have to be tears of sadness, but. In order to cry, you have to allow yourself to feel. And you've got to allow yourself to feel on such a deep, intimate level that uh, most people don't go there. And so anytime that I get emotional or choked up from tears of sadness or joy, I know that I've, I've hit that heart. I know that I'm reaching my, my best core center self. Um, you know, I was having a conversation just yesterday with a friend, someone we both know, and we were talking about life and being parents and dads and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm thinking about my father and it's always a very emotional subject for me. And, um, next thing I know, I'm just, I'm just crying. Like I'm just crying. And he's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay. This is my growth. This is how I help myself, right? I allow myself to be with what's there. And, and for people listening, just if you feel something in you that's different, whatever, you don't know, like be with it, allow yourself to go with it, feel with it, nurture it, water it, whatever analogy metaphor you need, because that is what self-help is. It's tapping in. You said it yourself. It's an inside job. Um, so 100%. Uh, somebody, Kenny, hold on, Kenny from Sugarland, Texas, <laughs> you said just southwest of Houston says, hello, Joshua Miller and Mary Henderson. All right. Well, thank you for telling us exactly where that is, Texas. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> actually, Joanna said, can you please explain your personal brand inner process? Can you do that for Joanna? Is that possible? You kind of talked about it before. The inner, the inner process of uh, personal branding? I think so, yeah. Asking. Whew. Um, well, I think that... Uh, the process is, so when people start working with me, uh, Joanna, it really starts off with um, breaking down self into different segments. And so what I go through with people is understanding their story, 
um, especially in the first 21 years of their life. Yeah. I'm looking for patterns where we are, as a collective, the, the, the client that I'm working with, we're looking for patterns. Patterns are vital because they're data and we can work with that. Um, we're looking at value systems. We're looking at um, uh, uh, persona. We're looking at passions. We're looking at gifts. We're looking at talents. So we're breaking down all these attributes that make up a human being um, and understanding. And I think this is the key for me. Yeah. I want to understand who I'm working with in their natural state. We're going back to an individual, a human being's natural state. I'm not interested in who people want to be. I'm only interested in who they are in their natural state and that is what I work with. Um, just to give an example, one of my clients, she gave me all of her Maya Briggs reports <laughs> and she said, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And I said, just throw those in the bin because <laughs> I want to work with you. But she's like, she said, I'm so loud and, you know, people think that yeah. I'm so emotional. And I just said, bring it on. Yeah. That's what I want. And that's what we're going to work with because I want the people that I work with to show up as themselves, you know, I don't want to be a Gary Vaynerchuk or a Marie Folio or a Grant Cardone. I want to be Mary Henderson. That's, yeah. that's it. I want to be Josh Miller and be yeah. comfortable with that. And we have to find what that looks like yeah. because most people don't know what they look like in their natural state. So the process is wide and it's long, but it's a beautiful process as well at the same time. I will, I will just, I will, I will uh, attest to that as someone who's gone through your process. And I will also tell people that are listening that <clears throat> uh, it's not for the faint of heart. You know, I, I think that when I started working with you, my intention was, uh, first of all, I, I have zero interest in being a Gary Vaynerchuk, a Grand Cardone, anybody. If you tell me 10x or anything else like that, I'm going to just walk the other way. Um, <laughs> I have no, yeah, that's another show. <clears throat> I'm going to be myself. I love myself. I love the good, the bad, the ugly. That's what I work on. That's what I work with. And everyone else should just be yourself. And if you're not happy with who you are, then you've got some options. One is reach out to Mary. The other is just work on yourself for yourself. Not because you think somebody on stage yelling at you, telling that you need to go live with three people in a studio apartment and quit your job or 12x your you know, 401k and start this, that and the other thing. Honestly, that's not self-help. No. I, I don't I don't know what that is. Uh, sometimes it's irresponsible. But I will say this. Working with you is you. I think you said before getting down to the cellular level. True self-help is about discovery. It is about stripping things down. It is about getting to that microcosmic place where <clears throat> there's nowhere to hide. You know, no. I think it's great that people uh, originally, you know, this client of yours was like, here's my Myers-Briggs, Finder, Disc, Hogan. You're like, that's great. You go, go get, go throw that away. And let's just talk about who you are. Oh, no, 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 no. I, you, I don't think you're going to like who I am because I'm quirky and I'm this. No, that's exactly what you want to work with. That's who you I are. Right. So instead of trying to hide from it, um, somebody said here, Marie said, being yourself is hard, but liberating. So, Marie, I've got something to tell you. <clears throat> and, a, and, a, and a very enlightening coach told me this once. Hard does not exist. OK, we use the word hard every single day and you cannot go into a restaurant and look on the menu and order a bowl of hard. 
doesn't work that way. Right. That would be, <clears throat> so if you want to talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset, I would invite you to use other words such as challenging, which presents an opportunity. When you say hard, your brain hears it as, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this. And guess what? You're one foot out the door already. So, yeah, it's not easy, but it's also not impossible. It's challenging and it's an opportunity. Um, whole, let me just see one second. Um, you will not please everyone, but you will please yourself. That's true, Maria. Uh, that's true. Um, hold on one second here. There was something else. Uh, doctor, I'm going to probably mess up your name, uh, Ravinder, Ravinder. Uh, she said, um, <clears throat> excuse me, self-help starts at the soul level. It's kind of healing, which starts when you are emotionally ready. And when you are ready, self-help uh, self works wonders. I completely agree with Mary. When she said her prayers being answered are in no time. Great topic, Josh. Well, thank you for, for saying that and, 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 and tuning in. I think that, um, look, the reality is that everyone's going to take their own time, their own process, their own journey. Some will work with a coach. Like I said, some will work with Mary. I, I personally, it's irrelevant to me what you, how you get there. My commitment, my stand as a coach, as a practitioner is that people live the best life, but most importantly, and this is something I'm always quoted saying is live your life, not someone else's. And at the core of self-help, it's to discover who you are and be the best version of that. And if you don't like what you find, great. Start over the next day. But don't run out for the quick fix or the or, or these shortcuts. They're doing a disservice to you. They're probably draining your bank account. And it's 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 just it's not worth it. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. I know I keep saying we got to wrap up. We do because we're, we're, we're we, I know you and I could just talk forever. So. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, first, first and foremost, foremost I, I want to thank all the people from around the world who have tuned in from all over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you for um, once again uh, tuning in to Coach's Corner Conversations for Emerging Leaders. Mary Henderson, I have so much love and respect for you, um, and you know this. I think that I think I think your work is just on, on another level. Um, and I've worked with a lot of different branding people, uh, personal branding specialists, and um, I just feel grateful and honored to uh, have known you, to have you in my life, and to be working with me. Um, I have your <clears throat> information on the screen right now. And so for people that want to reach out to you, and in the show notes, all of her social handles are there. Um, but it's Mary at Mary Henderson Coaching, and her website is uh, MaryHendersonCoaching.com. Uh, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, she's pretty much everywhere. So if you're not on LinkedIn, you probably should be on LinkedIn. And if you are on LinkedIn, you can easily find her. But um, Mary, I just want to thank you so much for uh, rounding out this year, talking about a topic that I think um, everyone um, cares a lot about. And um, I will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you. You got it. Take care, Mary. See you later. Bye, Josh. You got it. Bye-bye. <clears throat>